Making Hydrogen Affordable, Austin Vernon's blog. Green hydrogen could be critical for chemical production, but making it cost-effective is a tall task. How electrolyzers work. Basics, atoms make up the world, and electrons are one part of an atom. How atoms share electrons determines how they bond and what molecules they form. Electrolyzers apply force, voltage, to change how atoms share electrons to create different compounds. In practice, one reaction is donating electrons, oxidation, and another is accepting them, reduction. The donation happens at the anode and acceptance at the cathode. Splitting water to make hydrogen and oxygen is the classic example. The half reactions in a proton exchange membrane style machine are 1. H2OO2 plus 2H plus plus 2E at the anode and 2H plus plus 2E minus H2 at the cathode. In every electrochemical cell, an ion, H plus in this case, has to cross the cell by traveling through the electrolyte. The membrane is the electrolyte in PEM electrolyzers since ions struggle to travel through pure water. The electrons travel through a wire from the anode to the cathode. Another major style is a alkaline water electrolysis. The half reactions are 1, 2O42 plus H2O plus 2E, 2, 2, 2H2O plus E, H2. A caustic salt like potassium hydroxide is the typical electrolyte. Other products commonly produced by electrolysis are aluminum, magnesium, sodium, potassium hydroxide, chlorine. Measuring efficiency. Every pair of elect two rochemical reactions has a minimum amount of force measured in voltage to make it go. Many sources of resistance add to how much voltage it takes to run the reaction in the real world. The theoretical voltage divided by the total voltage is the efficiency. The minimum for splitting water is 1.23 volts, so an electrolyzer running at 2 volts would be 62% efficient. The primary sources of HEP resistance are 1. Anode cathode catalyst over potential. There are no perfect catalysts and they require extra voltage to run the reaction at a reasonable rate. 2. Electrolyte resistance. Ions need force to push them between the electrodes and the required force increases as current, electron flow, and distance increase. Gas bubbles also make it mo re difficult for ions to move through the electrolyte. 3. Separator resistance. Ions can struggle to get through the membranes, diaphragms, separators that separate the anode and the cathode. These factors vary based on the current. Resistance goes up as current does, just like an electrical wire. Increasing the current increases the reaction rate and device productivity, but efficiency suffers, creating a classic trade-off. Today's electrolyzers. The resistance in the electrolyte forces each cell to be very thin. Engineers typically increase the area of a cell until it becomes challenging to maintain a uniform current across the catalyst surfaces, which is one square meter as a rule of thumb. Scaling these systems is not nearly as graceful as a gay thermochemical reactor because it involves stacking hundreds or thousands of cells instead of making a vessel bigger. Putting the cells in stacks helps to save on piping, wiring, and materials costs. Alkaline and M-Stacks. Source alkaline electrolyzers have been the historical leader and produced hydrogen for 30% of global ammonia production around 1930. M electrolyzer. Market share has grown because of their higher efficiency and smaller footprint. Other niche types, like solid oxide electrolysis, can be more challenging to pair with clean variable electricity because they are expensive and operate at high temperatures. The market for hydrogen from water splitting is tiny, 
compared to the production of hydrogen from coal, oil, and natural gas in 2023. The economics of electrolysis. Successful electrochemical production processes seem to have three traits. One, high selectivity. The lack of side products allows increases in voltage and current density, productivity per unit of area, without Faradaic efficiency, electrons doing what you want instead of something else, falling and compromising any production G, Ains. Two, product is saleable. Any post-processing like distillation is a killer given the higher cost and complexity electrochemical processes usually have. Products need to separate from the electrolyte with high purity. Three, high value per electron. The value of the product each electron creates is a proxy for operating costs and capital costs. W. Ader electrolysis using reasonable catalysts and electrolytes has good selectivity. The threat to product purity is hydrogen and oxygen mixing, requiring an expensive membrane separator or careful design. The primary issue is the value per electron. Hall-Herolt aluminum, chloralkali, sodium hydroxide, and chlorine and the Rowley magnesium process produce about 20x the value per electron, as classic water electrolysis selling hydrogen for one kilograms, a price relevant for chemical feedstocks. Hydrogen isn't worth that much, and each electron produces very little saleable mass because 7 eighths of water's mass is near worthless oxygen. Why producing oxygen is still worth it. A feature of electrolysis is that it always produces two products, one reduced and one oxidized. One idea is to make a different product than oxygen at the anode. But the products we want to use hydrogen-based processes to replace are some of the most used substances on Earth. Even with drastic reductions from electrification, we might still be using billions of tons. There are no co-products for hydrogen evolution that have markets large enough. The next best thing is a co-product with zero disposal cost. Oxygen evolution fits the bill. Alternative ways of getting the hydrogen into fuels and chemicals don't work well. CO2 electrolysis is complex and almost always paired with oxygen evolution anyway. Biomass is expensive and difficult to scale, besides often having a large footprint. Scaling synthetic chemical and fuel production almost certainly requires living with the, the waste of oxygen. It would be a significant advancement if anyone did develop a co-product that could sell in the billions of tons. What cheap hydrogen can do Hydrogen is a terrible fuel because of its low energy density, propensity to leak, and tendency to embrittle metals. But it is a popular chemical feedstock, forming a fundamental building block for many chemicals. Hydrogen and carbon dioxide can form methane and methanol in easily scalable processes. Hydrogen and CO2 can be processed into syngas, carbon monoxide, and hydrogen using long industrialized water gas shift reactions. Syngas can make a range of liquid hydrocarbons, like jet fuel. These are relatively simple processes, often with long industrial histories that aren't dominant because getting crude oil L out of the ground is cheaper than making hydrogen from hydrocarbon feedstocks and producing fuel in a large facility. Hydrogen must be much less expensive than fossil fuel-derived hydrogen to beat crude oil and other fossil hydrocarbons. Hydrogen at $1 kilograms can enable the production of ammonia or methanol and its derivatives at competitive rates, but will still be too expensive for methane or jet fuel. 50 to 75 kilos is a more reasonable goal for transformative change. The cost of production electricity. The embodied energy in hydrogen is 39 kilowatt hours per kilogram. The electricity required to produce the hydrogen is this number divided by the efficiency. 
an 85% efficient electrolyzer would require the 46 kilowatt hours per kilogram of hydrogen. Industrial electricity prices range from five to zero, 10 kilowatt hours in most industrialized countries, implying an energy cost of two to $4 per kilograms of hydrogen. Those prices are devastating for a 50 to one kilogram goal. Even a 100% efficient electrolyzer won't work. Electricity must be around one watt hours with realistic efficiency assumptions. Co-location of electricity generation is the only choice because transmission and distribution costs exceed kilowatt hour. Anything, Ning that can produce for under mo pen a one kilowatt hours works, but solar PV has several advantages. One, solar panels produce the same type of electricity that electrolyzers use, low voltage direct current, reducing conversion losses costs. Two, solar PV DC costs only 70% of solar PV AC electricity. Three, there is a viable path to reducing DC costs to 0.15 per kilowatt hour through better F, ICNC, and solar farm designs. Solar looks promising, but it is only available for part of the day. Storing electricity will be too expensive, so any electrolyzers hooked directly to solar panels will suffer lower capacity factors and higher capital costs. The electrolyzers must be next level cheap to build. Feedstock. The primary feedstock is water. Water is usually obscenal, cheap, but most water electrolyzers require very pure deionized water, which can add tolet 5 kilograms of hydrogen, especially for PM electrolyzers. The obvious thing is to have a process that tolerates city water or only requires minimal extra treatment. The deionized water in fancy electrolyzers is necessary to prevent fouling of the membranes and catalysts, which are incredibly expensive. Removing or substituting those items will reduce capital and feedstock costs. Labor and maintenance. Estimates are as high as 30 ter to 40 kilograms for operations and maintenance costs for green hydrogen production. Operations labor isn't typically a significant component of production costs, but scale matters. Small deployments often need at least one operator, but they aren't busy. Scaling up can allow the labor to go further. Maintenance can be more substantial due to maintaining water purification systems, compressors, and replacing catalyst membranes. The easiest way to avoid these costs is to have fewer of these systems, which aligns with using less pure water, lowering capital expenditure, and having local low-pressure hydrogen users, capital EX. Penditure. Reducing complexity and capital expenditure is the linchpin in delivering sub $1 per kilogram hydrogen. The primary trade-off available is decreasing efficiency and productivity per square meter of electrode in exchange for cheaper materials. The cost needs to fall to $30 per kilowatt. Current designs have many costly features. One, high pressure systems producing hydrogen in a small area creates bubbles that interfere with ions traveling through the electrolyte. Ramping up pressure makes these bubbles smaller. There is also an assumption that hydrogen must be at high pressure and high pressure electrolyzers can reduce compression costs. PEM electrolyzers require expensive materials like stainless steel or titanium to contain the pressure W without corrosion while alkaline electrolyzers use steel. Member two, membranes. Losses from any resistance in the system grow as the current increases. Electrode gaps must be small in high productivity devices. Zero gaps are best. Membranes prevent electrodes from touching and causing short circuits. They also limit the crossover of hydrogen gas while facilitating the transport of ions between electrodes. 
Crossover is much worse when pressure increases, requiring more expensive materials to minimize gas transport while maximizing ion transport. PMs use their namesake proton exchange membranes, and typical alkaline designs have less expensive diaphragms but use more total area. These membranes wear out and are vulnerable to fouling, requiring pure water. Three, catalysts. High productivity electrolyzers need the best catalysts like platinum or iridium to limit overpotential. Four, pure water production and recycling. Not only does deionized water cost a lot to produce, but it drives other process complexity. Excess water is cooled and degassed before returning, requiring ex-stay, N-sieve equipment, and piping. Five, fragile architecture. Almost every electrolyzer is in a structure. The cost of these structures is another driver favoring PEMs because they can be 20x smaller in volume than traditional alkaline electrolyzers. The building alone can blow the budget. Any low-cost electrolyzer must ditch titanium steel for plastic or another inexpensive material, operate without a membrane, and utilize more affordable catalysts while maintaining product purity and safety. It must work at lower capacity factors to take advantage of cheap electricity. The process looks like making alkaline electrolyzers cheaper. The design features are, one, atmospheric pressure. Pressure very quickly increases the design complexity and cost of a YI vessel. An atmospheric electrolyzer can be plastic. Gas purity increases because less gas can dissolve in the fluid and crossover. Two, alkaline electrolyte catalysts compatible with alkaline electrolytes are a fraction of the cost of those effective in acidic electrolytes. Corrosion of components is not as dramatic and ionic conductivity is acceptable. Hot, alk, elin electrolytes carry significantly less gas than pure water. Three, reasonable electrode gaps. A system operating at reasonable current densities can have enough room to eliminate the membrane, manage bubbles, limit product crossover, avoid circulating the electrolyte, and not suffer too much resistance. Four, fed directly with DC energy conversion is E, expensive in equipment and efficiency. Solar panels produce low voltage DC and electrolyzers consume low voltage DC. Any conversions are a waste. Both the solar panels and electrolyzers can be organized in series to produce and consume voltages that are reasonable for wiring. Control systems can also bust the budget. An atmospheric pressure electrolyzer without a membrane diaphragm should have a wide operating range. Engineers should pursue every effort to hook banks of panels up directly to banks of electrolyzers, avoiding power electronics and controls. Five, live outside buildings are expensive. The design must be robust enough to be outside, like typical chemical plants. Six, membraneless. Removing the memb, rain reduces costs, allows for low quality feed water, and eliminates the risk of pressure gradients between compartments that cause gas crossover. Even with these simple designs, there are still avenues for improvement. Catalysts can improve to have lower overpotential at higher currents. Expensive material can be applied thinner and thinner on cheaper substrates. Clever plastic, Bubble guides might maintain product purity with smaller electrode gaps and higher current density. The details can become incredibly complex even with a simple architecture. Variable operation. Alkaline electrolyzers often perform poorly with regular cycling up and down. The primary issues are power electronics and hydrogen crossover into the oxygen stream, creating an explow sieve mixture. Further inspection shows that these issues stem from complexity and mostly disappear in a simple electrolyzer. 
Machines connected directly to panels don't have power electronics that hold them back or operate inefficiently at low loads. They cannot utilize every bit of energy the panels produce when directly coupled, but losses can be lower than using power electronics to optimize voltage and current. Deleting the parts reduces cost and maintenance. Hydrogen crossover tends to be constant while oxygen production varies with the power input. At low loads, the ratio of hydrogen in the oxygen stream can be dangerous. The crossover is worst in zero-gap configurations and at higher pressure. An atmospheric pressure machine with reasonable electrode gaps, K, and have dramatically lower minimum safe loads. Another failure method is pressure differences between the cathode and anode compartments increasing crossover when using a diaphragm separator. A machine without a diaphragm is much easier to keep equalized. The upshot is a simple alkaline electrolyzer is nearly as tunable as PEM electrolyzers. The COSPROS targets F or hydrogen are so low that something as mundane as compressing the product gas can blow out the entire budget. The conditions for downstream hydrogen usage are as critical as its production. Attacking the pressure question. One of the main justifications for high pressure electrolyzers is that many applications use high pressure hydrogen and pressurizing the electrolyzer can eliminate T the compressor. But closer inspection reveals that the high pressure use cases tend to be the silly stuff like hydrogen cars, while the more practical applications like chemical feedstocks are lower pressure. From an advocate of high pressure electrolyzers, source. Many of the chemical processes could accept even lower pressure. The current paradigm is to turn coal or nature, al gas into syngas, a mixture of hydrogen and carbon monoxide to produce methanol or other products. Natural gas enters the facilities at 50 to 80 bar and coal gasification operates more efficiently at 10 to 40 bar. There is no reason to lower the pressure to feed downstream processes because that would require bigger vessels. Gas volume increases as pressure decreases. The math is often differ. NT when starting from atmospheric pressure especially because hydrogen is expensive to compress. Pressure is beneficial when producing methane, methanol, and other synthetic fuels from carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and hydrogen. In each case, there are fewer product molecules than reactant molecules. High pressure pushes the reaction towards the products that take up less space. But T, here are other ways to push the reaction towards products. Removing the products, water, methanol, etc., from the stream and recycling the leftover reactants or sending them to a second stage reactor accomplishes the same task as pressure. Half the nitrogen in your body went through a similar recycling process in a Haber-Bosch ammonia plant. Sub 20 bar pressures also allow a switch from expensive items like stainless steel piping to plastic piping made of high density polyethylene widely used in the oil field. We can eliminate the requirement for high pressure hydrogen once we reevaluate the entire problem space and benefit from savings in cost and complexity. Ensuring quality. The primary hydrogen quality concerns come from oxygen and water. Oxygen is relatively easy to deal with if the downstream process can't tolerate oxygen. Catalysts will facilitate a reaction with the oxygen and hydrogen in the stream, producing water. Many processes can handle a small amount of oxygen though. Water is much more expensive to eliminate, but is only relevant for silly hydrogen applications like cars or pipelines. It shouldn't be a concern for chemi.